Life Audio. You're listening to Therapy and Theology, and I'm your host, Carly Merclear. This podcast is a space where we explore popular topics and questions related to the convergence of faith, feelings, spiritual formation, and more. My prayer is that through these conversations, we will grow in our awareness of who we are as beloved children of God, learn to acknowledge our needs and emotions with curiosity and compassion, and rediscover the purpose and power of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. As a licensed therapist and ministry leader, I want to give voice to the many questions we face while cultivating a clearer view of how our faith informs our healing journey. I don't have all the answers, but I am committed to going deeper and walking together. So whether you've been to therapy or know exactly what you believe when it comes to theology, I want to invite you to join this journey as we fearlessly name the complexities of our present reality and press into the hope of the gospel story. So are you ready? Let's jump into today's question and begin this journey together. everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello, and welcome back to Therapy and Theology. Today, I have the honor of sharing this time with my friend, Taylor Murray. She is an author, speaker, podcaster, who is passionate about helping others thrive in the intersections of spirituality and emotional health. Her most recent book, Stop Saying I'm Fine, Finding Stillness with Anxiety Screams, and featured articles have reached millions globally, inviting readers to explore how faith informs our emotional health and journeys. She is currently completing her master's degree in clinical mental health counseling here in Lynchburg. So we actually met just a few weeks ago over our intersection of shared interests. And Taylor, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being here. I've been looking forward to this conversation all day. I'm so excited to be here. Well, could we just start today by having you share maybe a little bit about your journey into this professional and the intersection that you've kind of come to with faith and feelings? Yeah, yeah. So I think looking back on my story, two really formative parts of my childhood was being a missionary kid and struggling with an anxiety disorder and eventually an eating disorder in high school. And I think growing up in the missions community, one of the loudest messages that I interpreted was that from a really young age and began to live this out from a really young age 
is that being happy all the time is what it means to honor God. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of- yeah. And so I think, you know, as a little girl living out that message and, you know, there's, there's like the, the faith component of that is of, of being in the missions world. Right. And then the feelings component of that, of anxiety and an eating disorder. And I think I got to this point, especially during high school, when these questions started to come up, like what happens when my feelings conflict with my faith? Yeah. What happens when, like, what am I supposed to do when, with Jesus's promises of fullness and abundant life, when I'm literally just trying to get through today? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? And so as all of these questions kind of started to surface in high school, I got really, really good at stuffing my emotions. I was a pro at stuffing my emotions and pretending like everything was fine and being really just staying quiet about the things that I was struggling with and going through until I was 18. And when I was 18, my body started giving off the signals that something was wrong (laughs) And a series of really unexpected events for me um, led me to a fetal position on the bathroom floor one, one, like Wednesday. And in that moment, I finally acknowledged, you know, the title of my book, I'm, I'm not fine for the first time. And I began a really long journey of healing. And I think my passion for counseling and my passion for sharing and writing from the intersections of faith and feelings is just part of my own journey of realizing how spiritual health and emotional health are so deeply linked. They're so deeply linked. And just experiencing and seeing the beauty of a counseling space where we get this privilege of offering safety and compassionate presence to others in their pain. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I think that leads so well into our conversation, even specifically today, where we're taking the theme of this season, which is embodied. And I've kind of broken this down over the last several weeks. But today I thought we could talk about embodiment and what that means to us as as therapists, people that in the field, even as you're going through school, like what that that journey has been like, because I know it was so different for me, you know, as I as I walked through that. And then kind of where we see this connection. Because I think for my own story, if I look back, it was always very separate for a really long time. And, yeah. and, and it's when we start recognizing parts of our story, like, what am I, how do I explain when my body is feeling one way and my my cognitive uh, understanding of God or spirituality is, right. is one way? Like, there's just such a disconnect. And so the embodiment piece here can be such a helpful link. To experiencing you know, a lot of my girls in session will say things like, I, I know cognitively about God's love or I know cognitively about, right. you know, whatever it is about God. Yeah, I don't feel it. And I think this is where we can really connect the dots. So I'd love for you to just share what what your maybe definition or what you've come to explore about embodiment and why that's important for you. Yeah, I love this question because we've had conversations about this over coffee. (laughs) So it's so fun to kind of talk about it here. But Mm -hmm. um, I think if I were to to define embodiment in one sentence, it would be being present in your body. Like the simplest, being present in your body. But 
that is so much easier said than done. Absolutely. And I think a big reason of that is because I think each of us, if we were to look back on our stories, I think that we would see to some capacity and to some degree that we've learned disembodiment or the practice of not being present in our bodies. And, you know, I know for me, there are formative experiences that I can look back on that kind of gave me this like proof, this lived experience that being in my body was a scary place to be. And I think just maybe through traumatic experiences that we've experienced or just different really formative experiences, we learn like, I don't want to be in my body. Being present in my body is is scary and hard. And so we so we learn, you know, just through you know, cultural messaging. I think that's a big thing through experiences in our childhoods, through family dynamics, to emotionally numb. I'm not going to feel anything. That's scary. I'm not going to feel anything. And being in the present moment feels hard. So I'm, I'm going to be physically here, but not emotionally here. And I'm going to disconnect from feeling the sensations in my body because that feels scary too. Yeah. So I think when when we think about the benefits of embodiment for our spiritual and emotional health, I think if if you were to boil it down to like the one thing, I think it would be that it helps us be present again with ourselves, with others, and with God. And I think, yeah, when we practice disembodiment, when we we're in this place of disembodiment, it feels hard to sit with ourselves, let alone sit with God and hear what he might be trying to tell us. And I just think of, you know, in the Garden of Eden, when God says, where are you? Like, he's he's God. Like, he knows where Adam and Eve are, right? Physically. Right. Right. But like, the more that I study this question, like throughout my, just my personal walk with the Lord and in in my, in counseling, I don't think that was, that was not a question of physical location. It was a question of embodiment, of yeah. presence. Like I'm God, God is, I'm looking at you. You're physically here, but you're not here. Where are you? Yeah. Where's your mind? Where's your, where, where's your feeling, your sensations in your body, right? Like yeah. checking everything. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I love that. Like I oftentimes, I hear so many people say this and I have done so much work around this personally to be able to experience distress. Because as you mentioned, I think that one of the biggest barriers to embodiment is this like tolerance of what's happening in our bodies, right? And regulating that. And there's mm-hmm. that's maybe a whole other podcast episode. But the yeah. the idea of being able to be present with an emotion that unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think in Christian culture can make as a negative aspect of faith or a negative aspect of, you know, the parts of us that we should shame or disembody from. Like we shouldn't be sad or we shouldn't be, you know, anxious. We shouldn't be fearful, right? These are the the messages that I think oftentimes we're like, okay, I'm trying to do something good, right? I'm trying to be a good Christian. I'm trying to be faithful. And yet what in, in the extremes of that, it can actually be a disembodiment of recognizing and honoring the state of my body and actually mm-hmm. like thanking God for that. Mm-hmm. And being present with the data that my body is giving me and then being able to bring it to a place of what is the need here? Maybe it's a need for safety. Maybe it's a yeah. need for connection and community, et cetera. You know, and that can be hard for, I think, everybody in their, in different ways. What do you see as some of maybe the, and this isn't, something that I like necessarily wrote down, but I'm just curious is as far as like some of the messages that contribute to 
our lack of embodiment, maybe in the church or, or just in general? Yeah. Well, I think what you said is is so true. Like, I think whether it's misinterpretations of scripture or just unspoken messages that I think we receive, especially within different faith communities, that feels like it's the good Christian thing to do to ignore or not feel emotions that seem unacceptable. And I think that is, we can't live integrated lives. We can't live embodied lives if we're only feeling and picking and choosing the emotions that feel safe and acceptable, sadly, within faith communities. So from this definition, I love your definition of embodiment, by the way. I think that's great. Love this idea of being present in our bodies, recognizing the, I like to call it, I I often ask my clients, like, what does that feel like in your body? And they always give me this look of like, what are you talking about? That's weird. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That That question can bring up so much incredible data, right? Right. The, the, The sensory information we're given is important. And so what ways can we maybe begin to listen to our bodies? Yeah. As they communicate, maybe the felt needs. I don't know if there's something in there that you could kind of point to specifically for listeners. Yeah. I think, you know, going back to my story, especially during that time in high school, there were all these emotions inside of me, right? Mm. That I, you know, hurt, shame, sadness, anger, a lot of these emotions that I think I interpreted within the faith community that I was in, within the missions world that I was in, that were not okay for me to feel. And so I think part of what my journey looked like was that recognizing that all of those emotions were actually still, like, they don't just like go away when we don't feel them. (laughs) They unfortunately stay inside of us. (laughs) And And they impact how we live. And they, and and I began to live out of that place, you know? And so I think a huge part of, of what I began, like my starting journey of like, okay, what does it mean to connect back to my body again? Was realizing that my body is something that I can actually listen to. Like it's on oftentimes the last line of defense. Like our bodies will always say what our mouths can't or won't say, or our brains don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. Our bodies are always communicating. They can't lie. They're always communicating so accurately and honestly. So I think, yeah, part of my, the beginning part of my story was, you know, slowing down. Yeah. Physically, emotionally, slowing down. What am I feeling right now? What am I sensing right now? Can I need that? Like, can I actually grab, get out the full feeling wheel and find the emotion and name it? Like, can I do that? Right? I have a feelings, will, a feelings pillow in my office. That and sometimes <laughs> when I ask that question, I'll be like, you can use the pillow. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. grab it and look at it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just ordered... Um, like a little feelings wheel, feelings wheel sticker for my laptop because I'm like, oh, it wow. needs to be right here at all times. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, being able to name the, because I think we're so, we're not, a lot of us are not like, we're out of practice in that. Like we don't, that's not a rhythm in our lives. And so 
coming back into the awareness, that space of reflection and awareness. And then I think, you know, the second part of that is a a quick story time. So there was this one time, freshman year of college, I was in counseling for myself. And I remember I was walking across campus. It was a counseling on campus. So I, I walk across campus, come into my therapist's office, sit down on a couch, burst into tears. And she goes, okay, like what's happening right now? And I just start, you know, like the words just start coming out. And I'm like, I'm so busy. I haven't slowed down, like all of these things. And I can't keep up with my schedule and my life. And like, I'm just like, you know, all of this stuff is coming out. And she's like, you know, I really think we need to work on like slowing your pace down because it's fueling your anxiety. And you know, when I said to her, these words just came out before I realized I said them. I said, I can't slow down because my anxiety will catch up with me. And part of that moment for me, like I, I looked at her, she looked at me and we're like, hmm, okay, well, let's unpack that a little bit. <laughs> right? Yeah. But realizing that my anxiety, the anxiety my body was feeling wasn't something that I needed to run away from. It was something that there was, there was an invitation there to and actually engage it, to listen, to befriend it to come back to it, to turn towards it. And I think in that, you're kind of reach, you're coming back home to yourself. Yeah, it's such a hard thing. You know, when I think of the work that it sounds like you, you've been doing for years and, and my own story of, yeah. of naming <laughs> shatteredness of our reality or naming the hard things, naming the experiences of our bodies and then befriending. Yeah. That yeah. is... That's so hard. Like, al- although it's the first step, right? Of like really, like that slowing down mentality of really checking yeah, in. Yeah. It is so hard. Um, yeah. Because there is so many messages of of disembodiment or there's so many, right. maybe even not even that. I was, I forget who I was talking to the other day, but we were, we were just kind of lamenting over like recognizing God. So here we are talking about like embodiment for ourselves and even just our emotional health of how that catches up with us. Yeah. But also I think we we make this connection of, well, why am I not experiencing God? You know, I'm not, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And yeah. in actuality, what if it's the opposite? It's like actually yeah, we're not attuned enough to our own sense of our, if we don't even know what our body's feeling, how are we going to connect with others and God? And I think there's such a yeah. beautiful practice in that of of being yeah. able to slow down enough to check in. And, and maybe even in that, if we can remove distractions and allow some of these parts or emotions, as we call them, to yeah. to listen to them because they have they have beautiful things to say. They they really I love what you said about like the body being honest. I think it's so true. Yeah, well, yeah, very honest. <laughs> so from an integrative perspective, I know we maybe already talked about this, but I'll I'll be able to kind of adjust it if necessary. Yeah, but from an integrated perspective of embodiment. What do you think gets difficult for Christians when, when we're saying, listen to your body or befriend, befriend your wounds and your emotions? Right. Yeah. Wow. There's so much. I, I think I could go like 17 different directions with this I question. <laughs> but I think like kind of going back to what we just briefly mentioned, I think there, I mean, the verses, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not fear like these these verses that I think were intended to be encouragements, yeah, have kind of turned into this like 
space where like the interpretation, like speaking from my experience as a missionary kid, and you know, I heard these verses a lot. My interpretation as a little girl was, I should always be joyful. Anxiety is a sin. Yeah. I feel shame when I'm afraid. Like that's like, that's the interpretation that I think um, that, that, that I made as a little girl, like hearing these verses. And I think, you know, not just those verses, but in so many different ways, I think that scripture has been misused in a way that causes us to undervalue our emotions and minimize our physicality. And, you know, as speaking from like from my story, like I internalized so many of those messages and it caused me to disconnect from, you know, any of the feelings that I didn't think were acceptable feelings to feel. And I think as Christians, you know, we were taught and we, and a lot of us have this genuine desire, right? To live a life that's worthy, to live, to live out a good testimony, you know? But I think we, we think that, you know, God is the answer to, for a good life, right? God is the answer for our broken lives. Mm-hmm. He's the answer for the, our broken lives right now. And when we have this mentality of like, God is going to make my life good or like, which we've defined as like maybe easy or happy. Yeah. Then we kind of like, no distress, press, right? No distress, no distress, right? At all. Then, then we have feel this pressure to promote all of the shiny aspects of our lives, right? Like this like perfect picture that maybe we need to re- protect God's reputation, which is a lot of pressure to feel. And, and, and when, when that becomes like the narrative that we begin to live out, like no wonder, no wonder it feels safer to just disconnect from our emotions and, and not connect and live inside of our bodies. But I think a huge part of my story was remembering again that Jesus came in a body. <laughs> he came to earth in a body and he cried and he got angry. And he ate really good food and he spent time with friends and he slept and all of these different things that, that are the, it, it, that symbolize an embodied life. Yeah. He lived in a body. He died in a body. You know, another person, David in the, I love David in the Psalms. Like he danced, he lamented. He, I mean, the amount of emotions in the Psalms is sometimes overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But relatable though. <laughs> right? Yeah. So relatable. I'm like, yes, David gets me sometimes. <laughs> That's right. Right. But, but I like looking back, I bet like David, when he got to the end of his life, hmm. I think that he probably could look back and, and truly have experienced the witness of God in so many seasons. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. He experienced the witness of God. I think there's such a beauty in like expanding our imagination or our maybe our vocabulary in like what goodness is, you know, yes, like I think yeah. there's such a, you know, being a good Christian or having, you know, a good, uh, maybe in some ways like our mental health being like, I'm good mentally, I'm, I'm doing good. Well, what does that mean? Right. Does it mean yes. we don't experience distress anymore or we don't feel as controlled by it? Because I think there is this, this, uh, unfortunate perspective that to have a good life or to be a good Christian or to feel good emotionally, there's going to be this like absence of something, like an absence yeah. of pain or an absence of 
difficulty or emotional experience. And sometimes that's not the case. And so able to experience goodness and (laughs) the (laughs) of of pain or discomfort or challenge can be really difficult when the message is either good or bad. And actually we can, I love this idea of God's witness, being able to our witness with ourselves, right? I love the phrase like be where your feet are because I'm rarely, I have to, I'm not like I need to be where my feet are right now. Not tomorrow, not in tomorrow, not in the past, but be where my feet are. And that that witness can be really helpful to, to see goodness even in a hard day or when, when things aren't necessarily going like we planned. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a quote. I think it was yesterday. I don't know who said it, but it's, we live with a tissue in one hand and confetti in the other. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And holding and being able to embrace and hold both. Mm. I think it's a huge part of what it means to be embodied. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think there's some aspect, you've already touched on this, but I wonder if we could maybe, if you have any other thoughts on it, you know, specifically in, in, in Genesis where, where God talks about where you are and just asking that question. But what other passages of scripture do you feel kind of connect to an embodied experience or this idea of embodied faith? Because I think, you know, we, we can take a lot of the scriptures that kind of throw out these statements that I think if we read them in context and understood them, it, it wouldn't be as shame inducing, right? But from a positive experience, like what other than the Psalms, are there other passages that you look to to kind of remind yourself of of what it means to be human in a body? Yeah, I think, you know, I think my brain immediately goes to Jesus's healing ministry and the gospels. And I think one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is the fact that one of Jesus's main, like his main ministries was healing bodies. Like that was one of the main things that he did while he was on earth. And, you know, so many different interactions with different people in the gospels. I think of the woman with the issue of blood. I love that passage so much. And I've gone back to it so often in my own walk with the Lord when she says, when she knew in her body that she was healed. And then, you know, she like, like she reaches out her hand to touch the, his, his garment. Right. And then she's like back in the crowd in like one second, like I'm out of here. Right. <laughs> yeah. but she's, he looks for her. Like he looks, he's like, I'm going to find you. <laughs> yeah. And they have this beautiful, this beautiful moment of him calling her daughter and, and him desiring a deeper kind of healing in her life. And it's so many different encounters that Jesus had with individual people where he was healing their bodies, which uh, showing that like he's offer he's offering value and like dignity and worth to their physical body. And at the same time, offering like a whole body healing. Yeah. I love that. Those depictions are so helpful to remember. And I also think of like Romans 8, where it talks about the coexistence, I think, in so many ways of like the groaning of our bodies, like the, yeah, to be able to hold the complexity of like, this is, this is undone still. And yet there is going to be a day where it's fulfilled. And in that meantime, right, it's this idea of, of it being able to connect or experience the love of Christ 
that cannot be taken yeah. from us in the midst of our groaning and the longing and waiting of what is to come. I think that can be a helpful way of being in our bodies and recognizing like it's okay to groan. <laughs> it's okay to to lament and and to say like this is the things in our lives are tragedies and and there's solidarity in the life of Jesus as he also experienced that too. And that can be helpful. So good. So I would love for us to kind of give some practical steps for this. So as we talk about just what embodiment means for us, how it it, it benefits and, we, and it, you know, we it benefits our emotional health in many ways just by, yeah. Getting, and you said this beautifully earlier of how if we don't talk about it, it doesn't mean it doesn't go away, right? So the the invitation here, both emotionally and spiritually is to, to connect with ourselves in order to be whole, to acknowledge everything that's real and what our body is telling us. But I would love for us to talk about some spiritual practices that can help us integrate the two. So if you're saying, uh, you know, for those of you listening that are like, well, I want to practice embodiment, but I want to practice this in like a holistic way. What are some ways that we can do that simply? Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the ones that I have actually been doing a lot right now, (laughs) which I think I hadn't really, I knew about this one, but I hadn't really practice it a lot but it's just it's the five senses grounding technique but it's in a way where it's i'm like if you haven't heard of the five senses grounding technique it's you know it's this like you were saying this invitation to come into the present moment by naming five things that you see around you like if you're on a walk like I see trees, I see the sky, I see the sun, like I see another person and naming four things that you can touch. So like maybe your clothes, your hair, acknowledging three things that you can hear, whether that's like the birds in the sky or someone talking, acknowledging two things that you can smell, and then naming one thing that you can taste. And I think this is, it's technically like an emotional health practice technique, but I think one of the things that I've been, you know, inviting God into that moment and realizing that when I am fully here in the moment, by naming the things around me, by coming in, like being present in my body, it's a way of tasting and seeing that He is good and being able to just be, come in those moments, become fully as much as I can present with myself. I find myself present with God. Yeah, tuning to his with you. I love that. Yeah. I think one of the ones that comes to mind that I do pretty frequently, especially if I'm feeling quite dysregulated and like, oh, I need to check in with my body, you know? Yeah. It's a prayer of examine. And I've, I think I've talked about really? this in previous episodes, but this idea of of taking over just to be still. And I'm not... <laughs> I'm not naturally a silence, stillness and silence person. <laughs> this is quite a practice. Yeah. <laughs> and it allows for a space to just to check in and not feel like we have to come to, I think oftentimes prayer can be kind of like this moment where we're just saying everything we want to say to God and be like, okay, I like gave him my burden, so I want to go, you know, and, and being able yeah. to kind of sit in this reciprocity of of it just being still and attuning to like what's happening inside of me and how is God coming to me in that. And so it kind of is a process of being still and then reflecting. And I just kind of take a minute to just like, what am I, is my body feeling like? Am I tired? Am I stressed? Am I excited about something? You know, whatever the emotion is, 
whatever the, the felt experiences in my body, just writing that down and noting it. And then there's this moment of rejoice. And so it's moving from like a state of, okay, I'm noticing what's going on inside of me. And now I'm noticing something outside of me that is bringing me joy or connecting me yeah. to to what is good in the world. What is good? What is something that I can thank God for? And oftentimes it's like my coffee in my hand or the sun, yeah. you know, like those things that are repetitively reminders of God's goodness. To me. And then there's this moment of like repent. And I, I use this term gently with this idea of just like being honest with God, like being able to come to God with like, my frustrations or disappointments or even doubts and just like lay them at his feet and give them to him and moving into immediately moving into a renewal. So this last step of whenever I am sharing anything, honestly, I'm immediately picking up something, whether that be scripture or a part of a song or just maybe a word that comes to mind of what is true and what is good in relation to whatever I've shared, you know, and just that practice of, of bringing my whole self, my thoughts, my heart, my, my senses almost in some ways, and then renewing my mind with, with what is true about me, what is true about God, etc. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Do you have any other, any other thoughts on this as we kind of finish up today, or maybe just something that you can encourage our listeners with as they go and practice these things? Yeah, I think just listening to you share about the about this practice of examine, I think one of the things, and it sounds so simple, but that I've started to connect together a lot more in my life is that we can't truly experience the comfort of God unless we bring Him our pain, right? Yeah, yeah. We can't truly experience the grace of God unless we bring him our need. Like we're, I mean, we're, we're swimming in grace every, like, but experiencing grace, right. In a tan, like, unless I, I need God, like, and unless we bring him our failures, our struggles, our pain, we're missing out on what this generous gift of, of witness, right. And comfort and grace and relationship that he offers. And, in my brain, I think it's been so flipped. Like I need to present this perfect version of myself because you're God, right? But he's saying, I want to, I want to bring you, I want to gift you and pour like blessings and grace upon you. Like as you bring like your emptiness and lack and, and pain and hurt to me. And so I think just making that shift has been. It sounds so simple. Like when you hear it, you're like, oh, that's very basic, but it's so, you know, what it's, it's, it's so much more. Yeah. It's still it's hard. harder said than done. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's yeah. so much different and difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so, so good. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for joining me today and talking through this and sharing your story. I'd love for listeners to be able to connect with you and your accounts will be in my show notes and also links to, to the work that you've done. And um, where's the best place people can reach you? Is that Instagram right now? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at Taylor Joy. And then I also have a website, taylorjoymurray.co. And I also have a lot of different resources there as well. Wonderful. Well, everybody stay tuned for Taylor's podcast. will be coming out soon. And thank you so much for joining me today, Taylor. It's been really sweet. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Therapy and Theology. 
If you have a question or topic you would like discussed on a future episode, please feel free to email me or drop it in the comments. Also, don't forget to subscribe to have each week's episode instantly downloaded to your podcasts and see the show notes for resources mentioned in this episode. To access more content and join my monthly email list for the latest updates and info, visit my website at carlymarkleer.com. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in an everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.